Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is the Graybar Sports Open Line. Goes bit swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. We are back at it here on a Wednesday evening. Tomorrow night, we are going to be short, just a half hour. We'll get out of here for Thursday night football, Friday night. Matt, am I allowed to say who's going to be hosting on uh, Friday evening? I will have a, an evening off on Friday. So uh, our guy, Mike Claiborne, Claves is going to be in coming up on uh, Friday from 6 o'clock to, uh, to 8 o'clock. So you get to level up a little bit when Claves comes in on Friday evening. I'm looking forward to that. Again, if you want to join us, 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. You can tweet at me if you'd like, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. The Blues are continuing to uh, go through uh, training camp. And uh, I don't know. I've, I've said this. I, I want to see this team play games that matter. For me to start to get an idea, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get overly upset or overly excited about anything that has happened so far in the preseason. Bluntly, from a win-loss perspective, the preseason has not been great. Uh, the last game out against Columbus, they got down early, and uh, then eventually they were able to make it a game once again. But they ended up losing by a five-three score. Just a couple games left, though. So this is the time where those roster battles start to uh, come to an end. And uh, this is also the time where you want it to start to look as good as it can possibly look leading into the regular season. Head coach uh, Craig Berube did speak uh, to the media earlier today, had a few things to say. Uh, First off, talked about just the fine-tuning that is going on as the team gets into the latter stages of training camp. Well, obviously getting our team more together and playing these games and then just keep building on our game, you know, like um, just keep, you know, tightening things up and make sure we're executing the system properly and um, doing all those things like that. That's really you're just you're you're trying to fine tune yourself and um, and as a team trying to fine tune your team so you're ready to go. There's a couple things with this team right now that really need to improve from last year. Defensively, they have to be a better team. They uh, number of their defensemen really underachieved last season. You need that, that entire defenseman group to really take a step forward. Uh, you need a little bit more goal scoring, especially from power play perspective. That's something that uh, you want to see. And you want your top line to be a line that's really dangerous. And that uh, Butch Navitz, Thomas, Kyrou line uh, is a line that's got – really a ton of potential 
Well, obviously, I think that all three of them are working, you know, hard and they're skating. They're all good skaters and can can get there and make plays. I mean, the puck play has been really good with those three guys uh, making plays, and uh, Bucci's done a great job of um, getting himself to the net in some situations and um, creating some chaos there for goals. Um, and Bucci, Bucci's a good forechecker. I mean, he, he when he gets on the forecheck, he's got a great stick, good speed, big. You know, he can forecheck and get in there and create loose pucks and things like that. And I mean, it, it could be a lethal line if they want to get on the inside. You know, if they want to stay on the outside, you know, they'll have possession of the puck. But in the end, you know, nothing much will happen. You go, they got to get on the inside. And in the games that they played, they, they've gotten in on the inside and created some opportunities and some goals. So that's the pathway towards that group scoring a lot of goals. Individually, there's been some talk about could Jordan Cairo develop potentially into a 50-goal scorer? Well, he scored. He almost got 40 last year. And, I mean, I think as he keeps growing as a player and, you know, he will he will become, you know, a player that will score goals in tight and around the net by going to the net and being on the inside. Like, he gets... He's scoring 30. He wanted to get 37 last year. I mean, he his shot is just beat. His shot just beats goalies. Like he's got a great shot, but you know, you add 15 more goals by being around the net, getting to the net, getting some dirty goals. You know, and that's a process that we he has to keep working at, and we got to keep helping him get there. Feels like this is a team, and this should just be a given, but it's it's not. This is a team that for them to get to their ceiling, to them for them to get to their potential, and I'm still not totally sure what that is. Uh, clearly, their ceiling, the best the, the, that that's good enough to get into the postseason. This could be a postseason club. It's not a guaranteed that it's going to be a postseason club, and their ceiling probably isn't an upper echelon, top tier team, but their ceiling probably is getting into the postseason. They've got to have a bunch of guys who are really willing to work really hard. Who are, you know, we just heard Craig Bruby talk about Jordan Cairo and talk about he's got to be able to get to the net and get those dirty type goals. Do everything you've already been doing to score goals, but then in situations where it's going to be that much more tough to do it, go make that really tough play. And that's true about Jordan Cairo for sure. He mentioned that when talking about him because that's who he was talking about at the moment. But I think that could be mentioned for everybody. And at this point of the year, when there are still some roster battles going on, when there's still some players who don't have their role set, where there's still some players who would um, like to elevate themselves, the number one way to do that is by working harder than everybody else and the effort that goes along with that, and then keeping that going all season long. And, again, that's a lot easier said than done. And, you know, there's some teams out there that are just so incredibly talented that they don't have to do that. They don't have to have a lot of guys who are going to go make the tough, dirty-type plays, and they can still be successful. I don't think the Blues are like that. I don't think the Blues are that talented to be able to kind of passively find their way to victory. They're going to have to be just a tough team to play against. And 
that's going to determine just how good this team is. And what I just said, you can apply what I said to most teams in hockey. I'm not, there's nothing earth shattering that just came out of my mouth. Most teams are like that. Very few teams are uber talented that, that are able to just kind of passively go through things. There's just, there's only a few. And everybody else, you got to be able to go out there and work hard. And this is the year where that's got to be what happens with this group. Uh, I, I'm excited to watch the fourth line score. You got some some big guys. You got some, you know, with neighbors and Sunquist and Torpchenko. That's the group that, you know, those are the guys that are going to be fending off other players who are trying to make the team. But that's also the group that I, I look at those players and I say, that's that's going to be a really fun group to watch go out there and play and how they can impact the game. It's a fourth line. They're not going to. They're not going to be scoring all the goals, but can they go out there and be part of the bigger mission of putting everything out that you need to put out to find a way to win? And again, I I keep saying this over and over and over. I have a really hard time evaluating this team in the preseason based off what's going on right now. I I don't know how to evaluate them getting down three nothing early to Columbus in a in a preseason game where you're working on some things. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow night when they go to Dallas, but before you know it, it's going to be the regular season. Before you know it, it's going to be Thursday, October twelfth. That's that's a week and a day away. That's a week from tomorrow. They're going to open up their season at Dallas, and at that point, they got to be ready to go. And you think about what happened with them last season, and I know every season is its own unique season. They got out to a really nice start last year. They won their first three games of the year. And then all of a sudden, they went on that long losing streak. However many games, was it eight? Was it nine? I don't remember off the top of my head. Uh, I think it was eight games, if I remember correctly, that they lost in a row after getting off to uh, winning their first three games. You just you want to see them ease into the season a little bit more. With a little, just They're going to lose some games, but you can't lose that many in a row. And just starting to show who they are right from the start of the season would go a long way towards them not being in a position where they have to start digging out of a hole the way they were digging out of a very old, early hole last year, and they never were able to dig all the way out of it. All right, 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. You can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air. We'll talk uh, baseball with uh, Joe Sheehan. He joins us in just a moment as we roll on with a Gray Bar Sports Open Line on KMOX. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 
your home of the Cardinals. Arnado swings and hits it deep to left field. That ball is out of here. The Billikens. Jumper. Yes! Billikens win! The Chiefs. Touchdown! Kansas City! We are America's sports voice. KMOX. A great bar sports open line rolls on here on KMOX. I'll tell you what, it still feels weird doing these shows when it feels like the Cardinals should be in the postseason. Most years they would be. This year, not so much, but still playoff baseball going on. In fact, two teams have already been eliminated. We're very happy to welcome on to the program via the Quiver River Electric Guest Line. He is uh, the founder, the author, the proprietor of the Joe Sheehan Baseball Newsletter, which you should be subscribed to at JoeSheehan.com. He is Joe Sheehan. Hey, Joe. Appreciate you taking some time with us today. How are you? Hey, I, I only scored two fewer runs than the Rays and Jays combined. I'm doing well. That's that's pretty darn good. So uh, you could be knocked out in uh, in two games as well. <laughs> it's uh, a three game series is better than a one game play in type situation. But so often the Cardinals dealt with it last year against the Phillies. So often it feels like you lose that first game and then you're losing that second game. And when that happens, it doesn't feel a whole lot different than even that one game elimination. Yeah, I mean, statistically, there's just not a whole lot of difference among one, three, five, seven. You've got to play like a best of 80-something, I think, before you're assured that the better team wins. But I, it feels shorter, right? Because we're used to, as baseball fans, you grew up on the five-game LCS or the seven-game LCS. Obviously, the World Series has always been a seven-game series. And three just doesn't feel right. And you make a good point. Like, no matter what happens in that first game, that second game is suddenly an elimination game. Suddenly somebody's got their back up against the wall. So it just it's a different kind of feel to the postseason right now. You don't get to ease into a series. And, of course, you know, regardless of the structure, if you average half a run a game, you're probably going to get eliminated. Yeah. Is it good for baseball when a team like the Tampa Bay Rays, who had a fantastic regular season, finds themselves done after two games? It's what baseball's chosen. I don't know if it's good for baseball. I'd probably lean toward it. It's not being good for baseball, it's teaching people that the regular season doesn't matter. Um, and we've taken that, you know, as fans and as media to a certain extent, we tend to dismiss regular season success now. Teams will win a bunch of division titles, but if you lose two out of three or three out of five at the wrong time, we tend to dump on your uh, prospects. I think you go back to those Giants teams in the early part of the 2010s where they won the World Series, missed the playoffs, won the World Series, missed the playoffs, and won the World Series. And that seems to be where the conversation has changed to the point where the Dodgers can win, what is it, nine division titles in 10 years. But nobody really, the the discussion about the Dodgers is always about what they didn't do. So, yeah, I I do think baseball has an issue here where the regular season should have more meaning than it does. And if you're the the Rays, you won 99 games and you were in the playoffs for 27 hours. Joe Sheehan is continuing to join us. What – what I think is a complicated thing to evaluate and get rid of this past season for the Cardinals because obviously they were really bad. But up until that point, they had won a lot of regular season games. They had not recently had much postseason success. So then you try to do the thing, okay, if they lost a lot of postseason series because the teams weren't built for postseason success, or did they lose a bunch of postseason series because they're just a really – unlucky team in the playoffs and it's very challenging to uh, figure out which one of those things is true. Well, it's definitely not the first one. See, here's the thing. There's no signal in the postseason. There's no such thing as being built for the postseason. There's nothing you can do other than be a good baseball team, 
the two, yeah, and, and then play well in the playoffs to do it to improve your chances. There's you can't build a bullpen or build a great offense or have a contact hitting team. Or we've looked at all of these different for, ways to, to to win, and nothing is consistent. All you can do is build the best team you can and get as many bites as the apple as you can. And, you know, if you look at recent postseasons, think about how teams have won. The, A8, the Braves had a bunch of random outfielders go off in 2021. The Red Sox had a terrible bullpen for most of the year, and their bullpen didn't allow a run in 2018. Teams that win in the postseason just tend to be the ones where the thing that wasn't working suddenly starts working. Now, it's entertaining. We have a big postseason because – you know, people will watch and TV networks will give up a bunch of money for it. But the idea that we're going to divine signal from it, that's the one thing I really wish we could stop trying to do. There's no signal to be defined. Enjoy the postseason, but stop looking for meaning in it. Jerry DePoto said something yesterday that got a lot of attention because he kind of said the unsaid, and that's that as a as a baseball head, he's looking to win 54% of games over a long period. And at a surface level, that doesn't seem like very much, but then when you take a step back and you see the very short list of teams that have won 54% of their games over a 10-year period, it's a lot of teams that have been really darn successful. What's your takeaway from DePoto saying that out loud? There's a notion in politics called the Kinsley Gap, and it's when you say something, you, you get in trouble for saying the thing that's true. Jerry DePoto said the thing that was true. Maybe we'll start calling it a DePoto Gap in baseball. <laughs> but this is what you're doing as a baseball team now. You're trying to get into the playoffs, get as many cracks at the apple as you can, which it's at 54%, 55%, 56% over a certain period of time. But winning 110 games just doesn't get you anything. And, I mean, we again, I go back to the Dodgers. The Dodgers would repeatedly win 105 games a year, but nobody cared when they won two out of three or three out of five or four out of seven. So I think DePoto is stating a fact, and if baseball wants its teams to act differently, it needs to have smaller playoffs that are harder to get into and forces teams to be great. But as long as you can win, what did the Diamondbacks win, 84 games and be on the same basic level as all the other teams in the bracket – there's no reason to win that 85th or 86th or certainly the 96th or 97th game. Jerry DePoto's right. Would I have said it out loud? Eh, I don't know. I, I feel like we get on these guys for when they just say nothing, and then when one of them says something, we hit him over the head with it. I don't know that Jerry DePoto can win in this situation. So baseball's clearly not going to – lessen the number of teams that are going into the playoffs. If anything, they want to add more. They wanted one more that they did not get uh, in the last CBA. Is there anything that can be done other than eliminating uh, the number of playoff teams, which, again, not going to happen? Is there anything else that can be done that can put the teams that have great seasons in a better position? No, because baseball isn't basketball. In basketball, the better team is going to win a postseason series most of the time. In fact, it was very strange this past basketball, NBA season where the, the first round had a lot of upsets. That hadn't happened in like 10 years in the NBA. Um, but generally, in baseball, if you think about it, play 162 games. If you look at the spread of records, it's like 104 was the, the top team and the 84 is the last team. It's 20 games. But over a season, that's less than a win a week. And now they're playing a week's worth of games. So the differences between baseball teams in a best of five or a best of seven and certainly a best of three is basically a rounding error. There's a big difference between the Braves and the Diamondbacks over 162 games. Over five, over seven, there's almost no difference at all. And that's something that's just never going to change in baseball. It was true when they started the World Series back in 03. 
It was true when they expanded it in the, in the, in the 60s and then the, later in the 90s. There's just nothing you can do about that, the nature of baseball. Teams are just close together in talent, and you're going to have what feel like big upsets but really aren't. Were you surprised by how much the Cardinals struggled this year? Yeah. Um, obviously, I had some of the concerns about the, the defense wasn't going to be as good as it was last year. It was an incredible defensive team in 2022. And, you know, integrating Jordan Walker took a chip, took a chip out of that defense, some aggression. Nolan Arenado had his worst defensive year. Um, and the pitching staff wasn't built to put up uh, to deal with that. Now, there were people talking about the shift, but if you look at 2022, the Cardinals only shifted, I think they were like 22nd in baseball in shifts. And if you look at where the hits came this year, it wasn't really about the shift. It was just you put a lot of balls in play, and this year's team defensively wasn't as good as last year. So that's where all the runs came from. And you know, they stepped on their foot in a lot of ways. I mean, the, the walker up and down and back up, I think they mishandled him. They created a controversy out of thin air with, Will, with uh, Wilson Contreras back in April. They did a lot of things to themselves. I thought Ali Marmol had his worst year. Um, I, I think he was indecisive. He did a lot of things. I just, in terms of how he, how he aligned his talent. And, of course, you know, injuries were an issue. The bullpen blew up. I mean, the bullpen just absolutely blew up between injuries and underperformance. So a lot of things went wrong. I think I had the Cardinals winning – off oh, of memory, 86 or 87 games, and what they finish up with. I mean, that's a big... That's yeah, a 71. Big. They were 71 and 91, I believe. Right. So I don't think anybody had the Cardinals being that bad. And you look at it head to next year, I don't think they'll be that bad. I think just accidentally they'll they'll head back to, to 500. We'll see what they do about the pitching staff. I thought there were some green shoots late in the year. Um, I think a healthy Miles Nicholas is a three. Zach Thompson looked good enough that I think you can count on him for next year as, as a rotation guy. But as you know, John Mazzelliak has said, and just about everybody around the team has said, they got to fill out the front of the rotation, whether that's trades, whether that's free agency. But they need a one and a two because right now they don't have either of those things. It's going to be incredibly interesting because they've never been a team that likes to get into bidding wars. And if they're really going to do at the top of the rotation of what they say they want to do, they may have to win some of those. Right. You've you got to either develop it or buy it. There's not really – I mean, I guess you can trade for it. You know, I, could I put together a package from the Cardinal system that gets me at number two? Yeah, I mean, everybody wants that, though, so it's really hard to do. Um, you know, when you go back to when they didn't sign Scherzer, and that almost started this whole cycle, right? You didn't have, you, that was your chance to bring in a number one. You didn't do it. It feels like been kind of, you know, kind of faking it ever since. Adam Wainwright's last late career surge kind of patched over that a little bit. But, you know, you talk about the pitching development. They're not bringing these guys up. I think it's a tough market for pitching, too. I think there's a lot more landmines out there. I mean, think about the guys who signed $100 million deals last year. Would you really want the Jacob deGrom contract right now? Would you really want the Carlos Rodon contract now? There's a lot of landmines out there. Well, you know, Aaron Nola, to many, probably Blake Snell to most, is considered the top guy out there. And Aaron Nola, a lot of people view him as the second He's a guy who just had a four and a half ERA this year, and he's pitched obviously a lot better than that in his career. And there's a lot of reasons to believe that he get back to that. But I think you're totally right when you say that there is not just a a home run signing. I mean, there's even some marks on Blake Snell for not to like him. I like him a lot, but you can if you look really hard, you can find some reasons not to. Bonnie Snell's got two years in his career where he's pitched as even a number two starter, and he's going to end up you know, he'll get a second Cy Young award out of it this year. But I'm, what I bet on his next, I wouldn't bet on his next 30 starts, much next that, much less the next five years of his career. If you look at the underlying numbers this year, I mean, he got incredibly fortunate in terms of strand rate. And, you know, some of the things you look at and say, you know, what's predictive? What, 
What do you think Snell's going to be next year? I think he's going to be a low-volume number three starter, hmm. maybe a low-volume number two starter. And I don't want to bet $30 million a year on that guy. It's interesting. Uh, Joe, give a shout-out for uh, for your news. You do such a great job with your, your newsletter, and we're right in the middle of all kinds of content coming out with, uh, with it being playoff time, and I'm sure a lot of my listeners would uh, be very interested in it. Yeah, I've been written for everywhere. Baseball Prospectus, uh, Sports Illustrated, ESPN, I've been everywhere. Now I run right the Joshi Baseball Newsletter. It's, it's, this is the 14th postseason I've been covering through the newsletter. Thousands of people get it, enjoy it. Definitely a stat head viewpoint, but I think people I think people enjoy reading it as well. It's not like uh, reading your homework. You can get information on how to subscribe. You can read excerpts and free pieces at joshian.com. Description information as well. And there's also an email link there. Click that. Let me know if you have any questions. I'd be happy to send you some copies. JoeSheehan.com. Joe Sheehan, J-O-E-S-H-E-E-H-A-N. Joe, thanks for the time. Enjoy the rest of the playoffs and look forward to uh, bringing it back on in the future. Thanks, Matt. Take care. You bet. There's Joe Sheehan joining us here on the program. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll go from one Joe to the next Joe, from Sheehan to Roderick. Our guy, Joe Roderick from Claves Online, joins us in just a moment. And we roll on with a Gray Bar Sports Open Line on KMOX. It's the Gray Bar Sports Open Line. Goes mid swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. We roll on here on a Wednesday night. It is the Gray Bar Sports Open Line on KMOX, continuing to keep you updated on what's going on in the Major League Baseball playoffs. Two teams advancing, two teams eliminating. The teams advancing, the Rangers and the Twins, the teams being eliminated, the Rays and the Blue Jays right now. Brewers lead the Diamondbacks 2-1, bottom of the fifth in Milwaukee, as the Brewers try to force a game three. Marlins, Phillies, bottom of the second, and no score. We're going to head back to the Quiver River Electric guest line. Happy to uh, welcome on to a guy who's uh, part of the team over at Claves Online. You see him doing shows with Mike Claiborne. You see him doing shows uh, with Bob Ramsey. And right now he's going to talk to us. He is uh, our good friend, Joe Roderick. You follow him on Twitter at Joe Roderick. Hey, Joe. What's going on, Matt? How are you? I am good. It's odd doing this show on this day. Uh, we are so used to the Cardinals being in the playoffs, and then with the expanded playoff, it's hard to believe that the team would uh, be missing this year. But here we are. Cardinals went 20 games under 500, and you and I are talking on the radio as a bunch of other teams play baseball. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a rough what last three months, four months. I mean, really the whole season. It was uh, it was a tough watch. Uh, after a certain point, you kind of realize that October wasn't happening. So. Uh, yesterday, I mean, yesterday, two o'clock, like I was locked in on my TV. I was finally, I was excited to watch meaningful baseball for the first time in so long yesterday and, and for pretty much most of today too. So I am very, I am very thrilled that the playoffs are finally here and, and have something to watch now. I always say this about baseball and clearly I love the game of baseball. I have dedicated my career to the game of baseball, but baseball to me is weird When baseball is at its best, it's better than any other sport. When baseball is at its worst, it's worse than any other sport. And we get to the point in the playoffs where every single pitch matters and you can be at the edge of your seat, especially in close games. And I just don't think there's anything more compelling than that. No, and and you just see how different the game is. For as long of a season as it is you you don't see in the postseason for any other sport what you see in baseball you saw it today in the twins blue jays games 
how many times this year were the Blue Jays going to pull Barrios after, what, 47 pitches? Yeah. In a regular season game. When, when he wasn't even getting hit. He wasn't, it wasn't like he was getting rocked. They just thought, okay, we need to get to our bullpen. We need to, we need to move this along. We need to give ourselves a better option to win. Not one time in 162 games where they have done that during the regular season – and suddenly the second game of the postseason, it was win or go home for them, and that's how much it meant. You don't see that in, other, like you, in the NBA. You don't see that where they completely change a, you know, a strategy that they had all year. They don't do it in the NFL. They don't you know, suddenly start going for it on fourth down or going for two when they weren't going for it the whole season. It, baseball is it's just different the way that you, know, you go through a six-month season and then everything changes two days into the playoffs. Yeah, it's a weird thing, and I don't know if it's good for baseball or not. I just had Joe Sheehan on uh, before I had you on, and we were talking about the fact that it's such a crapshoot in the playoffs, and teams that do really well in the regular season, there's not a whole lot of incentive there, and then all of a sudden you're playing these three- and five-game series, which it's really good to win those and you would hope that the better team would win more often than not, but it's, there's a lot of luck involved in the playoffs and then you start playing the game in a different type of way. I don't know if there's an answer to it and I don't know how much of a problem it actually is, but if, Look, if you're a team that just won 100 games, if you're the Tampa Bay Rays and you just won 99 games and your season is over in 27 hours worth of the playoffs, I think you take a step back and go, okay, was this really the best possible way for baseball to run a playoff? It is. I, I, I really do think it is because I feel like in the end, you know, when you and I are talking late October, I, I still feel like we will look at the two teams in the World Series and we'll say these two teams deserved it. I, I think, and I think that's more of what it's going to be than looking at the whole body of work for the regular season. The Rays did it to themselves. The Rays committed four errors in the first game yesterday. And I mean, Jordan Montgomery was awesome pitching for the Rangers, but the Rays shot themselves in the foot in in that game. But it, you know, like you mentioned, look at the Diamondbacks Brewers series. Rammer and I were talking about this yesterday before all the games started. I think we were talking about Monday or Monday or Tuesday before all the games started. And we were, you know, I was saying that if the Diamondbacks won game one of that series, it didn't matter they were going to win the series. That I felt like game one was must win for the Brewers in that series because the news came out Monday about Brandon Woodruff being out for at least that series, possibly the entire playoffs, and then the Diamondbacks didn't throw Zach Gallon or Merrill Kelly in game two. In game one, they had him saved for game two or game three. I, the Brewers, yeah, they had one of the you know they have a stud pitching in game one and Corbin Burns, but game two and game three, the Diamondbacks were going to have the better starting pitching. So even though it was a three seed versus six seed. I, I thought that was so. I thought that game, that game one, was the most important of all of the game ones yesterday. And you see the Diamondbacks somehow, you know, pull away with a victory, to where I think they're breathing a little easier. Now, yeah, they have Zach Gallen. Uh, he's going to be what top five, I would think, in the Cy Young voting this off. You know, at the, at the end of the year, he's he's just going in game two. And if they don't win, okay, you have Merrill Kelly, who was you know pitching for Team USA in the championship game back in March. I, they they had two studs ready to go. 
after game one. And it's just, it is. It's such a crapshoot in the in the postseason, and that's what makes it so much fun. Yeah, if you're Milwaukee, you have Freddie Peralta tonight, and you feel and the, the Brewers are up right now 2-1 in the sixth inning. Peralta gives you a potential opportunity to win that game, but then not having Woodruff puts you in a really tough spot for game three. Absolutely. And going up against a guy who has been pitching in high leverage situations all year, uh, you know, longer than most pitchers have in baseball at this point, it, it does. It's going to give them an advantage. And I think the Diamondbacks, it's one of those cases where maybe they're too young of a team to know what they should be doing at this point. Say outside of oh, Evan Longoria, who kind of, I, I had two people text me last night that were shocked that Evan Longoria was still in, in Major League <laughs> Baseball. <laughs> That's <laughs> And he shows up last night and has himself a game. Yeah. Uh, there was weird Yelich not touching uh, second at one point. You had They had two All-Stars and Burns and you know, Devin Williams, the St. Louisan, and those were the two guys that struggled the most. That was just a weird turn of events and everything that happened in that game last night. Uh, Christian Yelich ran past the bag. Uh, he, is, uh, he is playing Major League Baseball. He's in what? I mean, he's got to be 10 plus years into his career. He won an MVP. I, I, Matt, I've, I've seen 10 year olds do that. And I sit there and I think, what are you doing? And then you see Christian Yelich do it. And you're like, what, like what is going through his mind at that point? It just, it made absolute. I mean, you know, talk about base running. And Vlad gets picked off a second. Yeah. Like, where's he going? Where, where is he going on second base that he needs to be leading off that far? I, what I mean, these are supposed to be the best teams in baseball. And they're making these boneheaded base running plays in October. Arizona, by the way, threatening. It's two one Milwaukee, but Arizona has runners on its second and third in the sixth inning with nobody out. So a good run scoring opportunity for the Diamondbacks. We'll keep folks uh, updated on that as we go along through uh, through the course of the evening. Do you believe the Cardinals when they openly speak about the fact that their plan is to bring in a lot of pitching and really high end pitching for next season? I think you have to. I don't. I, I just with the with the way that everything went down this year, for how thoroughly disappointing of a season it was. For you know, okay, yeah, you said what the paid attendance was at the games, but when you looked into the crowd and saw what the crowd looked like in August and September in those games. How do you not? How how do you not bring in? I I think saying that you're bringing in three starters that seems like a lot. Are there three starters out there that you? Let's. I mean, if you go through the names of the starters that are out there right now, I mean, Aaron Nola is number one on my list, and, and then it's uh, Snell Snell after that. But okay, I mean, there's no way you can sign both those guys, right? So if you only sign one. How I mean, how far down are you digging to to get two and three there? I mean, I think yeah, you're going to sign an ace, and then maybe you sign a guy that could be a good number four. But I think we saw enough guys auditioning at the end of this year that they're they're going to get another chance in spring training to audition. That I think that the rotation, I don't, I just don't see how three starters can come out of this. Well, I'm. I am comfortable with them bringing in two starters who are legit guys at the top of the rotation, then going Michaelis Mats, and then that fifth job can be a, a, a hodgepodge of you know the competition and spring training. But I can also tell you, I think there are people inside the Cardinals organization that 
don't view Miles Michaelis as being a, a top three starter, and they do want to bring in three starters. I think that's easier said than done. Again, I am very comfortable with Miles Michaelis as my number three starter, but I, I do think in a perfect world they would bring in three new starters. And look at how much pressure Miles Michaelis has been kind of put under the past few years with you know with Adam Wainwright not really pitching up to what we you know, got familiar with Adam Wainwright doing the past few years. Miles Michaelis was your ace for so long. And then you, you do bring in new guys last year and you let Jose Quintana walk and you, you trade Jordan Montgomery, you trade and you traded all these pitchers last uh, this, this past season, but Miles Michaelis was forced once again to be your ace at the end of the year. So maybe taking a little bit of that pressure off of him and letting him get back to a number two. I don't think Miles Michaelis was ever brought into the Cardinals organization to be an ace. No. He wasn't. I don't. I don't think. Yeah. At no point, and he he's been forced into that role a lot of times. So I do think that taking some of that off of him and making him your two or your three, and bringing in a certified number one with some of the names that are out there, I, I think that allows Miles Michaelis to kind of get back to where where we've seen him be an all star at, at this level. The Arizona Diamondbacks just scored two runs. They lead the Brewers by a 3-2 wow. score, and Freddie Peralta's day has come to an end. To your point, Joe, Jordan Montgomery's pitching like a one right now, but he's probably not. Jack Flaherty hasn't been a one in a while. Miles Michaelis isn't. Jose Quintana, even if we go back to last year, he's like a th- the, the Cardinals haven't had a true number one starter since Jack Flaherty's really good year, like three, four years ago. Yeah, and I, I went into this year, and I said it many times, and I waited. I waited so long this year. I wanted Jordan Montgomery to kind of take the role of that number one. I, I think we saw enough out of him last year, and knowing that he was still on the front end of his career, I was really hoping that something would happen to where he'd be able to make that jump and be an ace. And maybe that happened in Texas now. Maybe the Rangers keep him around and maybe he gets the pitch with some of those guys there and learns from, you know, learns from Maddox and learns from some of the other guys down there on the staff. And maybe he does see that potential that, that I was hoping for all year. But yesterday, I mean, that's two, two years in a row that, you know, he was given the ball in a postseason game and, the Rangers let him pitch last year. Last year, the Cardinals, you know, they, they didn't quite give him, I felt like, all the opportunity to pitch in the postseason that he should have. Yeah, I would agree with that. He is Joe Roderick. You uh, view him, you hear him uh, at Klabe's online doing all kinds of stuff, and uh, we love having him on the program. Now that we got more shows, Joe, I'm going to be asking you on all the time now. Anytime you text me, Matt, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll be happy to jump on with you. Awesome. Great stuff. Thanks for your time. See ya. All right, that's Joe Roderick joining us. When we return, we're going to do a little crosstalk. At your service tonight, our guy Brad Young is going to be here, so we're going to get him in the studio a little early. Find out. he It's been a while since we've seen him. What's what's he been doing recently? We'll find out in just a few moments as we continue on with the Gray Bar Sports Open Line right here on KMOX. Oh, listen to that music, little Law & Order music. I'm a big Law & Order guy. I'm an I'm SVU, that's my jam. Uh, but the uh, the new one, Elliot Stabler's back. 
but nothing's on right now because we still have the SAG after strike. The riders are just back, so we have to wait for a while longer. The reason, though, we're hearing that music is not so I can talk about Law & Order. It's so we can welcome Brad Young onto the program. It's been a while since you've heard his voice hosting at your service, but he is back tonight. Hey, Brad. Good to see you, Matt. Uh, I'm glad to be here. Uh, it's been it's been way too long, and I'm glad to be back. We are glad to have you. You, you just pointed to uh, the hoodie that you're wearing. You wanted to talk Mizzou football. Yeah, my, my daughter's a, a junior at Mizzou, and so uh, I've had two of my three girls went there. I didn't go to Mizzou, but my wife graduated from the J school there, okay. and a lot of my money has gone to Mizzou. So give you an honorary degree just for no the money kidding. that has been spent. Yeah, no kidding. I write those checks and then they build new buildings. I'm like, you know, there's a relationship there uh, between my checks and their buildings. But <laughs> uh, but I, uh, I'm i going to the LSU game this Saturday. I, w- I was at an earlier game this year with Middle Tennessee. I'll be at the uh, at the Mizzou game this Saturday against LSU. And uh, I'll be the only bald guy in the student section. Oh, you're just to sit in the student section. Yeah, I, I, my, my daughter said I'll take care of the tickets. Now I usually have tickets on the other side. Yeah, you know, the the side where the money is. Right, is on the other side. But my daughter bought these tickets, and so we're got to go with her. And uh, I'm, there, there, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of consumption of adult beverages in and around where we're sitting. Are you going to stuff yourself with packages of ramen and hand it out to all the students? You know, I could. You could. Uh, but I, I did also. I told my wife. I said, well, since we're sitting in the student section. Does this mean I get to take my shirt off and paint my bare chest? And she said, Brad, nobody wants to see that. If that happens, that becomes your staff profile picture at KMOX.com <laughs> immediately. Uh, but this makes no sense to me. Uh, LSU is 3-2, and 2-1 two, two and one in league play. Missouri 5-0, yep. 1-0 oh, oh in league play. Missouri is ranked number 21. LSU is ranked number 23. Uh, if LSU and the game's in Columbia, LSU is a 5.5-point favorite. Yep. And and the only thing, and you're you're this sports expert, certainly not me, but uh, the only thing that I can attribute that to is uh, historical uh, historical skill. In other words, LSU has been more of a consistent football. I won't say powerhouse, but consistently good. Mizzou uh, sometimes good, sometimes terrible, and so that's what I I chalk that up to. How about you? Uh yeah, I think. The- from a raw talent standpoint, there's probably more talent at LSU, but they're not winning games. And and they got a lot of injuries. Yeah. They're, they've got a lot of injuries. I just read today one of their guys is out uh, with brain cancer, so uh, had surgery for brain cancer. So they've got a lot of injuries, people sidelined. I think Mizzou's got a great opportunity to move up the move up uh, to a higher ranking. I wanted to ask you this. We've got about two minutes left. You are a lawyer. In St. Louis, are we is there any correlation between how litigious we are in any given moment and how well or poorly the Cardinals are playing or if the Cardinals are out of the postseason, <laughs> there's more lawsuits being filed. Have you noticed anything in your many years mm-hmm. of practicing law? Well, there may be a correlation, but don't forget there's a difference between correlation and causation. Okay. Those two are not the same. For example, if I hang garlic on my front door and pink elephants – are nowhere to be seen, that doesn't mean garlic repels pink elephants. Fair. So there could be a correlation between lawsuits, litigiousness, and the Cardinals, but I don't see any causation. Okay. All right. Good to know. So we're just just as nice of people or just as jerks, uh, no matter whether the uh, Cardinals are winning or losing. Yeah. Well, I will tell you, everybody hates lawyers until they need one. That is true. I don't hate lawyers. Well. <laughs> now, <laughs> knock on wood, I don't think I've ever been sued. 
knocking on wood as hard as I can. Uh, but I like lawyers. I okay, think uh, I think good. they serve a very uh, important purpose in our society. Well, so does my wife. Yes, yeah. and these, your purpose is uh, to have uh, heated uh, uh, towel racks. Exactly. Yes. I got, I've got to put some in on my new house. I got to put in some of those heated towel racks. That's Brad Young. He's got At Your Service coming up 8 to 10. You do not want to go anywhere tomorrow. We'll have just a half-hour show. We'll get out here a little early because of uh, Thursday football. That worked out well. Tomorrow is my wife's birthday. Happy birthday to her. I'll get home a little early. Maybe that's not a birthday gift to her. I don't know. We'll find out tomorrow. Thanks so much for being tuned in. Thanks to all my guests who joined the program. Don't go anywhere. Brad Young's in next. You want to listen to every single word that comes out of his mouth. They're in At Your Service in just a moment on KMOX. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.